0: In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Guess what's in store? Life After Lemons, the podcast
1: with Paul Cook. This is Dwayne The Rock
0: Johnson. If you ever stop listening to The Paul Cook Show, Life After Lemons, I am coming for you.
1: Academy Award right here. (laughs) For the past 20 years, I've been fascinated with discovering ways for people to overcome obstacles. Then, my wife and I both were diagnosed with different advanced cases of cancer here in our 40s. Life After Lemons. So I cannot wait to work together with you and my compelling guests to seek and share examples of of Rare Victory, right here on this podcast. Every time you click on a new episode. Life After Lemons, the podcast with Paul Cook. <laughs> I don't think so about that. Well, hello. Thank you so much for tuning in to Life After Lemons. Today we've got an incredible show for you. Oh my gosh, a one of a kind. But first I want to check in. How are you doing in our COVID-19 world? getting back to school after an unprecedented end to the school year. Now, still more you don't know, indecision, people trying to find their way, and you still trying to make it work, maybe doing some homeschooling. I am with you, and we feel your pain. I bet you know someone who just keeps getting hammered with bad news on top of bad news. A person who thought, okay, that's behind me. Now it's time for the good life. I was that guy.
2: I can't even put into words what I thought. And so you were saying that you were Googling things and that I was there too. Like, for you. It was different when it was me. I felt like I had more control over it. But with you, it seemed just so, like there was no control and it was it was a hard time
1: and that is my wife Jennifer Cook we will go in depth with what it was like for both of us with cancer and everything else and where we are now. She doesn't talk on the microphone very much. It's hard to get her in the room, so I'm uh, honored that she agreed to do that. It's gonna be uh, special, at least for me it will, and with the presidential election coming up very soon. Also, that will be unprecedented with how it goes down and during these crazy times. This guy has a message about early voting
3: i have kevin costner on the
1: line for you all right let's talk to kevin costner
3: hello paul hello how you doing man hey how are you doing mr costner (laughs) what's going on well i'm just kind of
1: and you'll hear my chat with him and of course i absolutely need to hear from you paul at y98.com i will respond to every message All right, let's do it. Life After Lemons. Life After Lemons with Paul Cook. The podcast. Well, I have finally managed to have the girl who is running and gunning and always somewhere else and doing three things at once. The Jennifer Cook is right here with us today for Life After Lemons. A chat about our lives and uh, what it was like before... The lemons, the lemons, and then life after lemons. Welcome, Jen.
2: Thanks for having me, Paul.
1: I uh, <laughs> I realize I have to make her mad in, in, in order to get her to talk louder. So I might punch her in the arm a little bit. Well, no physical stuff. <laughs> none at all. Okay, so we're coming to you from our new home. It's not a new home, like 100 years old or something, but our new home in Kirkwood, And we're so grateful to have the nicest home we've ever had. That Jen works so hard, and we both do that we're able to be here. And I think if you look back at our plans for life, we met in college in 1991. We started dating, believe it or not. And today in 2020, we probably thought we'd be a little bit right here, you know, but maybe never considered that we couldn't you know that we wouldn't and that a disease would be put in us both multiple times that most people not most I shouldn't say most many people don't make it through it what's it like when you look back at uh the life plan and then what happened
2: it's pretty surreal honestly uh you just look back and you laugh that you ever even had plans because yeah, <laughs> it's like, yes. uh, if you were planning not to have cancer, check that. That didn't happen. Uh, you know, uh, right. uh and that then, it, plans right there. Absolutely. So that was, yeah, it, it's just, it's just, it's just comical looking back, but it gives you perspective and how to live on the other side. Um, so, um, I'm thankful for that, but yeah, we, we've been through it. It's not what I would have expected. Marrying you all those years ago, (laughs) 1998. (laughs) I I knew we'd have an exciting life, but I didn't think it would be this exciting.
1: I know with this much, uh, you know, not trying to be a victim, but this much pain, right?
2: Right.
1: (laughs) Physical, mental, spiritual, all of that. And as we look back, and or we look forward, and have cancer behind us, hopefully, uh, then you know you can get back into living and those goals and those plans. But your mind is always kind of back there. I've had cancer more recently. You had breast cancer in 2014 and have gone through so many different uh, treatments and continue to do to keep that away. And you had the huge surgery. And then I've had it more recently. And I wonder if I'm more paranoid about the next report, the next scan, than you are.
2: Maybe. I've always been one to kind of block things out. So <laughs> um, I just kind of take it day by day. Don't get, I, I, I say that, but this certainly what's happened to me and you has changed that a little bit. I guess I am a little more weary of those upcoming test results than I would have been in the past. Because, you know, right. once you've been affected, you can't quite shake that. It could happen again to you. So, and, and, Knowing that it happened to you twice, so yeah, um, yeah, it, it changes the way you think about things, and as a person, you, you it definitely changes you pretty quickly. Yeah, on han- how you handle situations and how you look at, um, you know, life.
1: I know, and, and people always say, "How did you do it? How did you manage to do it?" And I think you would say the same thing: "You just do it. <laughs> you don't have an option, so you just do it."
2: Exactly. That is probably the funniest and most popular question. Like, oh, yeah, gosh, you seem like it. You don't have a choice. <laughs> you no. Either.
1: It's very sweet. And it's saying, yeah. I think it's a way like, of saying, I, don't choose. You, it's not like I respect you... what you've done. You know, it's their right. way of saying and that's,
2: that. That's nice. But just like you said, you don't choose it. You just like every day you just get up and you, you move forward, you know, because the alternative is not great. So oh. you just keep moving. And you know what? You Before you know it, you are on the other side. You know my uh, favorite. I think it's time no. to bring up I my what favorite. What is it? Uh, <laughs> Reference or a song lyric that helps me get through. If you answer this question, you'll you'll be good.
1: Mr. Lenny Kravitz, once you dig in,
2: she says it all the time. <laughs> you get to the other side once you dig in, right? Is that the lyric? You tell me. Well, you it's, say it? it's roughly that. It's yeah. the it gets you to. Do that. <laughs> I've forgotten it over the years. But yes, I I, I do not do. Uh, you Lenny get the general feeling the time, that Lenny you know? Leonard I, was Lenny going with. Lenny is on my side on this I, and helps me. How quite much
1: a bit. <laughs> I would love to play it, but we don't have the rights to play music on podcasts, so I can't. <laughs> so that's why I wanted you to sing it, Jen. Go.
2: I, I cannot sing it. Not gonna
1: happen. Um, okay, so yeah, that's very interesting. Uh, you know, I remember in 2014. You know, you had had a little uh, mass way back in the 90s, you know, that we didn't think much of, and it wasn't anything, but you did have to have a little procedure to have it removed.
2: Well, you're right. A, I abreast, had, uh, I'd always had fibroids, and I'd had a couple of procedures over the years. So when I was, you know, had the same thing pop up, I really didn't take it too... Something, you know, I say I didn't take it seriously, but something kind of deep down in me it thought... This might be different, and when the biopsy came back, and I'll never forget that day, and and they're like, well, yeah, like I I can't comment because I'm just the the nurse, but it's pretty likely you got a good little bit of cancer in there, and I'm like, oh, like just it was just you just feel like you're in a fog, like did I did I hear that right, you know, and you're just like going through, like you're just kind of floating through the next steps, and they'll take you here to talk more about it. "Eh, your husband probably should come back and listen to this conversation (laughs) like oh my gosh this is for real isn't it and then just the next steps and how um you know like you mentioned the the surgeries that were going to um happen and getting your head around that and um you know it's, it's it's just a whirlwind but um you know the big thing that stands out to me how much support you gave me during that time and I think that helped me realize that, you know, yeah, this sucks, but yeah. <laughs> we're going to get through this. I never had a worry, even after the surgery, that you would, you know, feel any differently about me or love me any differently. So that was good. <laughs> that that was, was a
3: a, good...
1: <laughs> I marked that on a positive. Well, I want to, you know, maybe a little bit later um, talk about that just a second. But, you know, I don't know what we were thinking. We were totally clueless. We went to the hospital with our two preteen daughters. I think in 2014, oh, yeah.
2: they were still in elementary, like kind of not even in middle school yet.
1: Yeah, messing with the coffee hot chocolate machine. You're in there, I thought and it was a,
2: like just kind of, a, oh hey, we're out here with an appointment for mom, no biggie. I'm like, holy crap! And then
1: you come and get me, so we leave the girls <laughs> out there with the uh, machines and all. I'm sure pre-COVID, obviously, Can you
2: watch our kids. Uh, we gotta get our cancer diagnosis yeah
1: and sitting on that couch you you, it's almost like it's so familiar now because of the we've had it three different times that swirling emotion that did this just happen i i know it's so familiar with you i wouldn't recognize it with anyone else of us just driving and the world's swirling fast for you i've got to contact so and so we got to do this my mom my and even the next day, swirling, and you are just in this slow motion, fast motion outside. You know, it's right. just such kind a weird... Kind of like
2: a vacuum. Like, you're just like, everything's going on around you. You're, yeah, totally. It's, it's, um, Point. it's crazy. Uh,
1: it's like you're a zombie almost. You're sleepwalking mm-hmm. as yes. all this is coming at you. Yeah. And I remember making sure I returned the text from everybody. You know, like, why are you worrying about this, Paul? You know, text emo- an emoji to say you you appreciate it, but I would want to be call you know, thank you, well, we're going to make it, you know, right. all of that.
2: But, you know, to your defense on that, you probably just wanted a sense of normalcy, like, okay, I'm doing this, this is what I would do any other time. And so, just, like, not to be like, oh, crap, our lives have completely changed from here on out. Like, nothing will ever be the same. You know, so I think I I get where you're just like, okay, you know, and and a big part of our personalities is making everyone around us feel okay. (laughs) Like, oh, I know, this sucks for me, but how are you? How are you feeling about my diagnosis of cancer? Are you going to be okay with that? Don't be sad. But, and you're like, what the hell? What am I doing? (laughs) That's. Yeah. Consoling my—that's a uh, whole other podcast.
1: <laughs> few, uh, yeah, right. The the uh, approval addiction is another podcast entirely. I am talking with my wife Jennifer Cook. I'm so grateful that I could talk with her about you know everything we've been through and do it on this podcast. You know, you can't sit and do this over a Taylor Swift eight second uh, intro. You know, so I'm grateful for that. And I just wanted to reset, and let you know if you're listening who we're chatting with here. Um. So yeah, that swirling life and then you have the surgeries and all the scans and it's you're battling yourself in a way of the mind and the fears. And you are better at blocking out. I was Google all night, you know, 11 percent chance of uh, survival for me, you know, and for you, it was like that, too. Breast cancer is claiming so many wonderful people and it's just brutal. And in my age, 50 or under, under fifty colon cancer especially in our region is growing major 30 and under uh so that's that's brutal 40 and under that whole age is it's just a weird thing just to throw that historical context in there but i wanted to get to before we go to life after lemons well maybe this is life after lemons it's the surgeries we've had that have changed our lives forever you know uh many people get a lump removed and they move on. And I don't mean specifically here, but to admit that we've both had surgeries that we both deal with today. How is that for you?
2: Well, I will say, even though I, you know, I did have the the double mastectomy, um, and you think, wow, like when I would hear that, other people have it before, I'm like, oh, holy molly like what is like how do people remove you know both their breasts and move on and like I was very fortunate you know if you don't you don't know what you don't know right so yeah. um, I was so fortunate to be here in St. Louis and be in the care of you know WashU you know uh, like the primo doctors um, and Sight physicians right. and with everything um, I was in such good hands so my surgeons did a an excellent job and um you know especially you know my plastic surgeon and and how we were able to you know quickly you know realize you know i wasn't going to be too too different than i had been before you know after all was said and done so I wouldn't say, like, cosmetically, you know, things have been, you know, they were, I was very pleased, but there are, you know, certain things that you just look, like you said, like post care that goes on seemingly forever, it feels like. And, you know, like with the radiation and um, uh, scar tissue and things of that sort are certain, you know, like pains that you experience, like, well after, like, years after yeah, the you surgery. Just get a jab you're, like, pain, you're like, you're like Ow. what's that about? And just, you know, but, uh, yeah. So, I mean, I, I mean, comparatively, you know, uh, my surgeries were nothing compared to like what all you had to go through and like how life changing. Cause you know, really honestly, mine was, and I think I, I said it before, you know, it's, and I, I think I got in trouble for saying it's like, yeah. you know, it, it's, breast cancer is kind of like, you know, any other <laughs> sickness, which I don't mean that for real, but like it can, scare, it, but... you can overcome it. it If you get yourself in the right care and you take the steps, it doesn't have to be life-altering, like life-ending. It can be like something that like, hey, yeah, I had that. I dealt with it. I still deal with it, but I'm okay. It didn't change my life. And it really, honestly, in my situation, it didn't.
1: Broadly, you're right. Did it change how you look at yourself?
2: Maybe a little bit, but, you know, it it made me taught me a better way to look and value life I guess in a good way positive ways but I can't say it in a negative way you know I um there were so many great things and wonderful things that came from that people that I uh you know good wonderful relationships knowing where their true hearts and intentions were kind of came to the surface in that so I mean honestly I got probably more out of breast cancer than I didn't because Mm -hmm. I mean then um and I can say that because, you know, knock on wood, I'm healthy today, um, so.
1: Yeah, right. I mean, and you don't deal with the active mind as much as I do about the next scan or, you know, we, this was in our bodies. We'll have to deal with it maybe coming back, you know, uh, like it does for so many. I think you do better at that and you keep busy in that.
2: Right, yeah.
1: The, well, what would you say is the most negative thing? that came from it
2: uh well just maybe the you know i'm not much of a medication taker and just like that um you know ongoing treatment programs that's probably been the the most difficult for me to do to be on a regular regimen of like medication and um you know treatments um i think that's probably been the most difficult um what about um,
1: femininity or any of that body image, any?
2: Well, again, and I, I you know, I, it's so important and it's, um, you know, again, I was very blessed um, that I had such great surgeons um my 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 plastic, my, surgery, my plastic so surgery, yeah. Because I never, you know, mm-hmm. I was able to do it kind of one-stop shop, and I was able to have my implants done at the same time as the surgery, so I didn't really have that downtime, which I know is so difficult for so many women um, that maybe have to have, uh, you know, some time before they get their implants in, or um, yeah, so, the, the, and, the and lose, and they have to that. do, you know, mm-hmm. I mean, I don't want to get too graphic here, but you know, I was very fortunate. Go ahead. You want me to get graphic? Get graphic. I can always well, edit. <laughs> you know, like, you know, things that you kinda become partial to, like, you know, your nipples.
1: At <laughs> least <laughs> I, I could uh, see, you could see your mouth like nipples.
2: You know, I mean that's a big thing for ladies, and I, I I'm very fortunate I was able to keep my original pair. But you know, I know <laughs> that there's so many great things out there that people are able to create ones if you have to lose yours and things like that. But gosh, you know, I, I know people struggle much more than I, I had to in this process. So I'm, I'm so grateful.
1: Yeah, that's great. Uh, Appreciate it. I know. I appreciate your honesty. What about hearing that, you know, you're through it and now we're in 2017 and 18 and what the F your husband now has the C word.
2: Yeah, that was, that sucked so bad. I couldn't, That was again, another whirlwind, like, what? Because I wasn't able to go with you, obviously, to the, uh, mm-hmm. you know, I just thought it was routine. You're going to colonoscopy, you know. At, at the time, I thought, you know, okay, big deal. I got to work, you know, I'm glad somebody can go with you. I didn't really, I just didn't think about it. I mean, my experience with colon cancer, sort of, was like my dad had a couple of polyps, Slipped off at the time, and no big deal. Oh, hey, that that was cancerous, but you know what? No big deal. No further treatment, nothing, and that was all there is. And so, when you said that there was a such a larger mass and that they acted in such a poor way (laughs) when when you came out of uh, the procedure, like I just still couldn't get my head around. Like, there is no flipping way that us and our forties are both going to have cancer. I just I couldn't even. Great Put that in me. my head. I'm like, yeah, that that's my thing, Paul. Why why are you trying yeah, to you horn trying in to on horn this? In? You want it to be the, You want it to be all about you? I guess, huh? <laughs> no, I like no crap. This can't happen. So then when you know, clearly it was happening. It was just it was just it was horribly uh, one of the. I have to say, one of the worst times of my life. I mean, and I know it was you. I'm <laughs> making it about me, no, but I mean, no, because I was so flipping scared. I just thought. I I can't even put into words what I thought. And so you were saying that you were Googling things and that I was there too like for you. Like, it was different when it was me. I felt like I had more control over it. But with you it seemed just so like there was no control and it was it was a hard time. Hmm.
1: Yeah. I know, I understand. Or like I got this to do, but someone else it's like, Oh my god, this person might not be here. And I've got yeah. two kids. Did you ever consider that?
2: <laughs> All the time. And, you know, you're such a big part of, you know, our family and with our girls. And I thought, and this is probably strange, but just truly honestly, I thought maybe the family could sustain if I wasn't here, but they couldn't without you. And just mm. it just was just really hard to get my head around. And I remember, you know, you know driving to work and just thinking about every single day on my drive to work and like just praying so just just praying and just hoping to get we could all get through it and that you'd be okay.
1: And we should mention our community St Gabriel community in South City was heroic uh for us with their prayers and miraculous I believe I I tried to get this cancer taken care of or this pain this way of going to the bathroom for about a year and could never get anyone to take it seriously scans things like that but no colonoscopy until it was brutal and then you wake up from that little nap and they have these looks on their faces like you're the last one of the day and this is the worst we've seen in a long time and I remember I didn't even read the paperwork I just was looking at it you know it looks so different than other colonoscopies and like like four days later I saw that it said malignant likely you know and uh, then all these tests and scans and maybe two weeks later or more the doctor says this is likely stage four cancer in your liver too and it looks the same, it is the same, and you're like, that's a gut in yeah. the gut because you had stage two plus, you know, that was brutal. We thought, okay, at least you can get it taken, you know, hopefully like you. And then you're thinking, oh my gosh, you know, when what it, the hell?
2: Right. Well, that's that's so true. We, we're just getting our head around, okay, you have colorectal cancer. Okay, here's the next steps, and then we, the whole liver or like, holy like a like gut punch is like an understatement yeah. You're like you gotta be flipping kidding me and i really wish i could say the f word here but <laughs> you can <laughs> that's can all right i no, want to hear you say right. the f word no. flipping but i'm trying to keep it you know <laughs> to
1: where everyone can hear it right. i guess so anyway um
2: it. yeah that uh, that made me so angry that was like just something about that four status makes like this is flipping this is your are it's over lights you know it's uh check please it's it's over you know there's no coming back from stage four of you know anything you hear you always hear hear, it's just yeah so yeah that was a really dark time so that was it was great when we kind of got some light on the whole liver aspect of it all and that that could kind of be a little more you know manageable and not so because you I guess I still felt even though I knew there was going to be a significant surgery for you that people r- can come back from you know colon you know colorectal yeah. cancer and with the surgery but then the liver and that was just crazy but so I'm very thankful that that kind of you know and again I I can only say it was through prayers that you know something made a change there that that wasn't an issue
1: yeah, incredible liver doctor through Saitman. Like they said, he does the most surgeries of anyone in the world here in St. Louis. And he was a funny little guy for another podcast. But they, they said all of a sudden uh, after, well, eight rounds of chemotherapy, that it wasn't changing with the other cancer that was shrinking, that they thought it could be possible that this wasn't cancer. Another scan, and they then determined they don't think it's cancer so that was the stage 4 part of it definitely stage 3 and i said how often does this happen that you reverse it like that and he said very rare very rare and that's why we say prayer yeah they prayed Something it changed. out of there you know <laughs> I, I, along with the the unbelievable gift of modern medicine they prayed it you know those people made it we believe they they right. helped us so yeah uh unbelievable well
2: it's funny thinking about like we're talking here about being in this new place and you know at at your first surgery we were planning on moving out of our wonderful neighborhood and it was at the stage 3 we said oh you know we can do this i mean yeah this sucks and this yeah. this might be Before difficult anything, really. this might be a little bit of a, a a hindrance but you know we can move and do this and we're we're still all systems go we found this house in webster we love it we're just we're moving forward and then right around that time stage 4 liver all that and we're like holy crap i think god is saying no you're not Don't moving move. you're not moving idiots you can't do this you can only. and then again i think there's that connection with that community the beautiful people of saint gabriel's parish um i, I honestly i they're serious prayers and I, I know for a fact that that's what happened yeah. so that's what god is yeah, and
1: uh, uh, they continue to be amazing for us. Even though we're in Kirkwood, we go to mass there. That's our church and our people. And um, it's so amazing uh, how that changed. And we had, a, we had a contract on a dream house in a way. And it was like, nope, these people are too incredible. In, in many ways, they gave us money. They gave us, uh, they gave our daughters things. They gave us tons of food, you know. So uh, if you can get involved in a community like St. Gabriel's, you have... And they did that for you, too. Yeah. For you in 2014. and uh, Unbelievable. So Life After Lemons with my wife, Jen Cook. uh, Today, it's much more normal. And, you know, what do you use to get through any worries that you have that would come back? Like, do you... You know, I think you just say you're you're very much able to turn the page with still concern and worry, but to just continue on not going we're gripped with fear all day.
2: Well, right. Um, I, I mean, I guess it comes down to faith. You know, I feel like God has proven that he's gotten us through some really difficult times and that. He surely will get us through any difficult times in the future. So, I guess it's just the faith.
1: Get us through that. You can get us through anything. What a great point. Uh, wow. Well, I love you so much, honey. It, 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 now, I, you
2: told me, hey, you might cry. I'm like, you're an idiot. I mean, your story? <laughs> you're an idiot, Paul. <laughs> I don't say you're an idiot. <laughs> but I was like, you know, what, what am I going to cry about? Like, I'm having a nice little morning. I'm just going to chat with you a little bit. And now... I'm balling like a little baby. So, yes, thank you, Paul. I this wanted was, to a, ruin this your was day. a great morning.
1: <laughs> thank you. I know you'll be able to turn that page a little bit and turn it into something good. And I love you so much, honey. Thanks for coming on. I know this wasn't easy. And that's basically what you just said. This was not easy. And uh, love you so much. Thank you.
2: Love you too. Bye
1: bye. Extra tissues in the studio for that one. Thank you if you're still with us for listening, Kevin Costner wants people to get out and vote early so they don't get discouraged on the day of if it's really crowded. He lifted me up when we talked. I was so surprised at what a down-to-earth kind of guy he is. I hope you hear that, and I have an incredible fun fact after. So hang on.
3: This is Gabriel. I have Kevin Costner on the line for you.
1: All right. Let's talk to Kevin Costner. Hello, Paul. Hello. How
3: you doing, man? Hey, how are you doing, Mr. Costner? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> What's going on? Well, I'm just kind of I'm Cruising here, and I'm, you know, got you on a cell phone. What is Kevin Costner doing today? Well, I, I've come to encourage people to to vote early um, to avoid uh, the traffic jam that might occur on the fourth. And sometimes, if that happens, you know, I think people might be discouraged and turn around and just for whatever reason, just not vote, walk away because they they just feel it's too long. So I think if people start now, I think you know, it's just really important they do count. I'd like to see it happen.
1: Kevin Costner gets just one vote, like me and anybody else. How do you see it? T- Well,
3: I think, you know, there's, you know, there seems to be two, you know, very, I think both parties, you know, uh, you know, admittedly love the country and feel like they have the answer. I think it's up to, you know, we've been watching this for two years, so I'm not going to tell people how to vote. I think people are, you know, smart enough to make up their own mind who they want to vote for. I I have watched, you know, seemingly every night, you know, um, you don't have to be, against somebody to be for somebody. What you do have to do is is engage, and, and that's what this is about, and that's why I'm voting.
1: Wow. I can only imagine the things that are said to Kevin Costner throughout the day by people in order to make you like him, but... You have uh, just impressed me incredibly with what you just said there. i love to be reminded that you don't have to make an enemy out of someone in order to be a fan of your candidate, because that is happening so much, in the tension, nobody should have to deal with it, feeling it, and certainly you don't want to be the person receiving that kind of hateful tension.
3: I, I think that's true, and I think that's where we've gotten into trouble. You know, we feel like somehow that, that an argument's not going to carry the day that a soundbite will. I mean, listen, we the truth is we... We have been watching every night, and and the confusion is 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 pretty loud. If you if, if you ask me, I mean, you you see one person say, "Well, I said this," and you see another person on national television say, "Well, I didn't say that." Right, and, and exactly, this, and, and even th- in their ad
1: saying the opposite. Yeah, right,
3: and I, and then you watch uh, political experts, pundits, if you will, for two or three hours wage war on, "Well, he said this," and somebody goes, "Well, he certainly didn't say that." And <laughs> and so the truth is, you know, the American public. We don't possess the wisdom of Solomon. We don't. No. And, you know, because the other way, I mean, I, I listen, when my children do that to me, I send them to separate rooms. <laughs> you can't get at the truth, so you can't get at the what? So what are you left with? You're left with the feeling.
1: I'm interested. I know you're a busy man. What do you do as far as watching TV? D- do the ads get to you, the p- po- political ads? I almost feel like they're burning my soul. I know that's dramatic, but it's like I can't take it anymore. What oh, does Kevin Costner think?
3: I, I don't like him either. I, I don't like you know, I, you know, and I really don't like the messages sometimes that come across.
1: Just so much negativity. I just can't imagine it actually works. Kevin Costner, I was at my block party on Saturday, and a young lady in her early 30s came up to me and said, I hear you're talking to Kevin Costner. You've got to tell him he's got a ton of young fans still, and he was great in this movie. Filmed in St. Louis. He was seen everywhere. Flyers. F- he oh, filmed- yeah. <laughs> yeah,
3: Americans Fly- You know, I actually think I'm a... Uh- I think I'm going to be in St. Louis in January. I'm not sure about what the date is, but I think I'm going to be playing some music there. So keep your ears out. Oh, great. Coming to St. Louis. And maybe we'll bump into each other.
1: I would love it. I will look out for it. Pretty neat to talk to Kevin Costner. Thanks for calling St. Louis. Okay. Take care, Paul. All right. Thank you, Kevin. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Kevin Costner is one of my favorite interviews of all time now. He restored my belief in actors that they aren't just living in the clouds and not understanding reality the incredible fun fact on that one is that interview is not new he did that in 2008 with me before the obama election they were trying to get out the vote but doesn't it apply incredibly to right now and what does that mean We're talking 12 years ago. How many things have you done in those 12 years? How many movies and shows has Kevin Costner participated in? But things are still the same, even though they are unprecedented. My third time using that word, this podcast. Thanks so much for listening. Please subscribe. Please go to Radio.com and listen to more Life After Limits.